You're listening to the On The Rise podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs as we make our way to the top. Here is your host, known as the property shark, Mr. John Lee. What's up, everyone? It's John Lee here, also known as the Property Shark, and welcome back to another episode of the On the Rise podcast. I am so so excited. Um, our guest today has been such an inspiration for me. I've been following him on social for a while. He has such an incredible story, and I mean, I'd love for him to tell it himself. So, without further ado, please welcome Bobby Castro. Bobby, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, John. Well, thank you for having me. And, and you are one that totally understands people skills and you came across such a, in a good way where I was happy to, to say yes to this podcast. And I know you love real estate as much as I do. So uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, Bobby. So um, I really want to dive into kind of your origin story. Um, I mean, you know, you only have a ninth grade education, essentially. Um, you started, um, you know, your company BHG with $25,000 and then you grew it to over a billion dollars in the valuation um, and exited. So, you know, I want to kind of get to where this all started um, and to learn about your life and, you know, maybe a little bit about your upbringing and, you know, because I'm sure to, to de- demystify kind of the idea that you came from, you know, some, some sort of a wealth or status of a person or a family to be able to achieve the level of success that you have? Yeah, well, th- thanks for asking. And, you know, I- I'm, I'm a prime example, John, that, you know, if I found global success in life, I truly believe this in my heart that anybody can find it. And when I say global success, it- it's so much more scale than financial freedom. You, 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 it allows you to impact others, edify others, be kind to others, and see life more in a scale versus just in a little picture frame. And I grew up in a struggle that I think majority of all of us have from beautiful families that um, have, work hard, they raise their kids, they try to do the best they can. But I truly believe now looking back, they were just taught what their parents taught them they're just surviving. This is how life is, and which is totally cool. That's what you want, and you want to enjoy life. And success is not financial freedom. Is not your 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 passion or your desire. It was for me because my my dad had me when he was fifty. John, my mother was twenty seven, and when he met my mother, I was born in the Bronx in New York, and he met my mother when he was a mailman in the Bronx, and he was fifty years old with eleven children from like three different ladies. Um, and my dad passed uh, some years ago. He was 94 years old. And when he met my mom, my, my dad was very passive. He, he was just a lover. And I think that's where I get a lot of my big heart from my father. And my mother is the lion. She's still alive. She's 81 years old. And she's really the holy grail of my life. She was the one that saw a lot more in me than I actually even knew. And I see my mom waiting on tables her entire life, three full-time jobs. Today, it's called Denny's. Before Denny's, it used to be called Sambo's. 
Oh. And she was a beautiful waitress that waited on you and your friends when you came back from a late night going out, six in the morning, five in the morning. And that awesome waitress was my mom. And back then, they didn't have what they have now where they automatically insert 18, 20% gratuity and you just sign. My mother really had to work her tail off to give you a great experience with the hopes to, for you to tip her 18%. So she had to give a lot of people skills, aim to please. And then when she was done on her shift, seven in the morning, she would walk home, not drive home because there was no vehicle. She walked home, took her shower, took her, her, her moment in life to just recharge. And then she got into a different uniform, an apron, uh, apron John, and went to another uh, restaurant to wait on tables and do the same thing for her three boys. Because when she met my dad, they had three children besides my other uh, siblings. And there was three boys, myself, Eric, and Kevin. And when my mom was done with that job, John, she went home, walked home, did it again. And my dad got home from delivering tobacco in downtown Miami, Canyon tobacco. And he got home at six o'clock at, at night. So by the time she was ready, he drove her to Miami Beach for her third job, the Roni Pub Steakhouse, a steakhouse in Miami Beach, did it again. This was nonstop, all day, every day. My mother lived on a couch. My father lived upstairs in the place we lived. They didn't get along good. I think they just stuck it together for the sake of us. Uh, they were not happy together, that's for sure. And I seen a lot of friction, a lot of drama, a lot of love for us. And, you know, my dad had a lot of children. There was a lot of income and everything. There was so much going on. And I just didn't enjoy all the chaos. It was just constant chaos. I, I never got physically abused, never, nothing like that. I just didn't enjoy it because it was like not dysfunctional, but just not up to where I wanted to see life. At a young age, I remember that, but I couldn't figure it out. So I wasn't good at school. I, I, I'm very hyper. I, I'm, I have a lot of energy. A lot of people think I do cocaine, speed, heroin, whatever the narcotic is to make you feel good. Not at all, man. I didn't speak until I was nearly seven years old. Wow. And I'm really an introvert. Believe it or not, I spent a lot of time with myself, even today at 53 years old. But when it comes into business and growth, I get very excited. So at the ninth grade, I told my mom, mom, I just can't do school no more. It's just, I, I, I just didn't like it. And I think teachers used to get frustrated with me all the time, John, because even today, I would have to ask you a few times for me to really clearly understand what you're explaining. And I used to be one of the, the students to raise a hand. Well, Mr. John, can you say that again? And they, I guess, thought that I was being sarcastic or a funny clown, but I wasn't. I just couldn't get it. And then finally, I got frustrated with them. And I said, Mom, I just can't do school no more. John, no pushback whatsoever. My mother, not even, I don't even think a minute went by. She says, do it, Bobby. You can be anything you want to be. Imagine the ninth grade back then was junior high. Today, it's considered high school. Telling your, your son, yes, I support you. We had no clue what was going to go on. So she got me my first job at Pasquale's, an Italian restaurant, Red Road in Hialeah on 57th Avenue. It's still today my ha-ha moment. I'll never forget that. My mother drove to Payless. We got, we got our um, black sneakers. Um, I got my buckle at Kmart, my pin down shirt at Kmart, <laughs> and my black slacks. And I'll never forget, every day I ironed it. I, I, I like to really I have a little bit OCD. 
I, I have to do things completely great and not just mediocre. And I was a takeout person and I was the best takeout person. I, I just, just kept, I, I just loved going to work because every time I went home, again, it was that chaos, mm. big family. You know, my dad, he was Puerto Rican. My mother's Jewish and Irish. And we had a lot of passion. That's what I call that passion, a lot of personalities. But every time I went home, it was just nothing but chaos. But every time I went to work, I was excited. It was all positive. This is where that PMA, positive mental attitude came in. How do I keep myself balanced? Meaning that I would leave work, go to work motivated, but going home, I would get kind of down because I didn't, I didn't like the environment. So I had to find ways to keep myself positive through this whole struggle without even figuring out what I was actually doing at a young age. So I started in the hospitality uh, sector and I became a waiter. I became a valet parker, just like my mom. And this is where the people skills came in. Thank you. Good morning. Always mm -hmm. smiling when you didn't want to smile. I became programmed with this, this, this personality where I just had to please people because that was the only way in hospitality you would get rewarded for the tip. And that was the, you know, because of my mother, I had no idea what to do, but to be in the hospitality business. And then I got my first, I started my first business, a janitorial cleaning service. I thought I was going to go to all these offices and clean their um, facilities for half the price. I was going to knock out every comp competitor. I was going to give it away. Obviously not knowing what I was doing. I was striking out for many, many reasons, including requirements for insurance. I was just very young. And my mother, uh, she got her first home, a seller finance, and a beautiful couple did a owner finance it for her. And I wind up mortgaging her home at a very young age. I responded to a flyer called the Miami Flyer. It had no internet back then. And I'll never forget, the guy was in Miami Lakes. His name was Woody. He actually entertained the phone call. I took the bus. I went to his office. I explained what I wanted to do. For some reason, he entertained it. He found value in the proposition. Okay, your parents can get $25,000. I went home. I told my mom, again, not even a minute went by. My mother said, absolutely. Where do I sign? And who knows what the terms were. I'm sure they were not cheap. We put all the money into this cleaning company, bought all these supplies in Medley, Florida. And there I go. I, I opened a janitorial cleaning service, striking out, striking out. And almost given up until I went to an establishment in Miami on 36th Street next to the Miami High Life. And it was called the Pink Pussycat. <laughs> it's an adult entertainment uh, center. Right. I just went in there just, just knocking on doors. Well, guess what? They gave me the gig. And I don't know why. They may have got a kick out of it. A young kid walks in and why not? Yeah, hire. So I did that for a few months. And I started going to the similar establishments, these mm -hmm. after hours. And they would go ahead and give me the business. That fell short when an, uh, an adult entertainer mentioned and made a comment way, way, we in the morning. How old is this kid? Well, that was the end of that, that gig because obviously I was underage or just <laughs> too young. Yeah. I don't know what age I was. And I gave up. I was frustrated. I sold everything for pennies on the dollar. Um, I lived with that mortgage payment, $250 or so a month wow. for quite some time. And I kept bouncing. I was so always trying to fast track my life, getting out of that chaos and being desperate for success. And I found myself for so many years doing that, always being desperate, always fast tracking and trying to, I would, I would respond to any classified ad that said, 
become a millionaire tomorrow. I will get the package and mail it. And I would just live in this, this world of my, my thinking. And I was always failing by skipping the process that it does not come overnight. And I didn't have any mentor back then. There was no internet. There was no nothing. And I kept this behavior, but I had some tenacity that I never gave up. I always, I, be, I became addicted of always being happy, smiling, treating people nicely, but always making big mistakes by fast tracking success, making huge big mistakes that I started learning from these big mistakes. I started realizing I didn't pay attention to the small mistakes because mm -hmm. we're, we're going to always be repeat offenders. Right. The big mistakes, I used to repeat them a lot. And then as I got older, I started learning from them. And I'm all over the place a little bit. But fast forward, I wind up getting into business. I was, I was waiting on tables again. Bobby goes back to tables. I had a little baby girl. My wife and I just celebrated 30 years being married, 31 years together. She was 18 years old when she got pregnant with our, with our child. Um, we almost aborted Priscilla because I wanted the baby. And Sophie, I'm, I'm four years older. She was overwhelmed. Her parents didn't know. I'll never forget, John. Uh, I drove her to the abortion center. It was $180, $120 at that time. I told Sophie, I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But she was overwhelmed. And there was a beautiful person, dude at that front desk. We don't know who she is to this day, but she was there for a moment in time, uh, maybe 10 minutes. She saw Sophie go in, a young young girl, obviously pregnant, and Sophie was crying and all this. And I drove away being upset and just all over the place myself. The lady tells my wife, there's always tomorrow. You don't have to do nothing today. She made her feel good. She beeps me because back then we didn't, there was no cell phone, you got a beeper. And beep, I called her from a pay phone. She goes, pick me up. Uh, I went back and she told me the story. She didn't go through it. And, and 30 years later, we have our beautiful daughter, Priscilla, wow. who has two beautiful children, our grandchildren, Ocean and Oakley. And the, and, and the reason I like to say that at times is the power of being kind to someone else in need. Not because they financially need your help. They just need maybe a shoulder or, or, or an ear to listen to. And that changed my life a little bit. I was still making mistakes. We had my daughter, and I was still all over the place, getting the packages, fast-tracking, always daydreaming and thinking it's going to show up at the front door. And it didn't. But there was one day, enough was enough. I was, again, completely down and out, living in my in-law's house in Hialeah. Pedro and Dixie, beautiful people, amazing. My mother-in-law passed away about eight years ago. She was just a very special person in my life. She, she was another person that believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself. Wow. One day during the weekday, for some odd reason, I wasn't working. I wasn't doing something. I was walking out of their house. My wife, they bought us an old Mustang. It was so old that it had no air conditioning. And we live in South Florida with the humidity is really tough. Oh, my God. And it was a summertime. But more so, the car had reverse fumes. You ever, like carbon monoxide, every time you drove it, oh, it, it was just, just all over yes. you. Yeah. So she drives up, John, and my wife is the most amazing individual. Without her, I don't know if I'll be sitting here today. She's smiling at me, and my baby girl, who's just an infant, behind her in the car seat, smiling too at me. They're both so, so red and peach because it's so friggin' hot. It's unbearable. I looked at them. And it became so real saying, 
I am the problem. I have to get my craft together. I, for some reason, it hit me there. And from there, man, I started over at the stage I was at. I got a job at Rusty Pelican on Key Biscayne as a waiter. I got a sales job during the day selling memberships for the Better Business Bureau. And I just started over. I stopped, I stopped thinking about the Ferrari, the yacht, all this crap that was so far out that I couldn't even see it versus starting where I was at, pivoting to I hit the ceiling to go to stage two instead of skipping to stage 10. And um, it, it was long. It was frustrating for me because I felt like, my God, uh, is this it? But it wasn't it. I just kept staying the course, having Sophie tell me great things, having my mother say, don't worry, you can do it, you can do it. And again, I'm a little bit all over the place. As you can see, I'm high energy. It took me a while to figure it out. I go ahead, I get a package. Again, I still had the disease a little bit, dude. I was getting packages still, waiting on tables and doing the membership during the day right. selling. But it so happened to be, John, I get this one package but it was the same company I was calling upon selling the membership. So stars lined up. I had no money for the package, but I had to, I was selling them the membership. The guy says, I'll buy this membership under a couple scenarios. One, you work for me. I quit the job. I started working for him selling um, uh, equipment lease and financing uh, deals. That's how I got into the business where I sold that business for a billion dollars. I got into the business, became pretty good at it for a number of years, and then eventually with people skills because of my hospitality experience, my mother's experience of being kind, being in, you can engage with all different personalities, you can do more listening than talking, I started meeting other people. Mm. And that led me to starting a business uh, uh, for 25000 that was in the account that wasn't even my money, and I didn't raise any money got no investors, no syndication, none of that stuff. I didn't even have real estate back then. <laughs> and that's, it started all the way there, debt-free. Sophie and I exited that same business I talked about. We founded it about 18 and a half years ago with some incredible group of people, incredible partners, incredible coworkers. And we sold it for a billion dollars. It was no stock. It was nothing. It was all, it was pretty much all cash. Wow. And during the years of building that business, John, I started remembering all my mistakes that I would overspend. I would always want to impress. I thought that driving a car, a nice car meant more. I had it so confused. Like a lot of young people today have it confused. Right. Then I started stacking and racking. I, we started saving our money, slowly started building up our real estate portfolio, making a ton of mistakes along the way. Today, that real estate portfolio sits at $400 million. Wow. It gives us a substantial amount of positive cash flow every month for me, my family, for my legacy, on, on top of a lot of other investments. And with that, all that real estate, that $400 million, no syndication, no raising money, no all the stuff that I see a lot of people spending so much energy on versus starting at the stage they're at and going from there, they're just prematurely pivoting to stage oh. 10 and skipping two through nine like i did over a million times and what what stinks about what i just said it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time nobody wants to do that including the old bobby i'm telling you right now me and my wife would never be worth 
Over $300 million right now we sit on a personal net worth. We are debt free. We have $400 million in positive cash flow real estate. We have a legacy. Now we are building on a 100 year plan for my grandchildren's children. We are making the sacrifice that our family did not do because they were not taught that. Because we're all taught, get a good job, be a good person, all the good core values. And, 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 but it's more than that. And especially today with the internet, it's even easier now than when I started. So that's a long story short of, 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 of my story. And again, all that raising no money. Wow. Raising, not taking one loan, nothing. Nobody would give me a loan back then. I wasn't good enough for a loan. Nobody would take a gamble on me. So I had to start somewhere. And where that was, where that spot was, me. I am my problems and my solutions. I am my best investment. I used to look for other approvals, tell them all about what I'm going to do. What do you think? Wasting all that energy versus getting my crap right. And it becomes a lonely world. And we don't want to be lonely because mm. it take, when you're lonely, you become accountable. You start saying, my gosh. Bobby, you are the problem. So that's my quick story, man. And, and I love real estate. Um, during COVID, John, me and my wife made millions of dollars by taking advantage of some great situation, not distress, because distress and situation, it's the same. Right. We, we, we bought over $100 million right in the middle of COVID. Wow. Uh, a few months ago when people thought we were crazy, but... We've gotten these amazing discounts. We bought a property, 2010 vintage in, in uh, Texas five months ago that has given us over $1.1 million in distributions. Uh, that was 472 units. We bought a 230-unit 2001 vintage, giving us 8% cash on cash day one. Wow. Um, this is being – because we are so focused – on us and our legacy versus being focused on what other people are doing. Just because someone's successful, I can care less. I need to focus on me where I want to go. What is my plan? And if we don't stay true to the plan, we get distracted. If you get distracted, you're losing. Wow. That was a lot to take in, Bobby. And I think you're <laughs> right. I, I, I do see a lot of kind of the, the situ scenarios that you've went through, but just in a different way, you know, obviously with the advancement of technology and social media, um, a lot of young people are getting overwhelmed with the abundance of information and that's yeah. causing them to have shiny object syndrome and they see the nice cars, the beautiful houses, uh, the pretty ladies on social media and they want the, the secret sauce or getting to a million dollars in sales revenue in like 12 months. So, you know, you're saying to do the exact opposite, which is just to see where you're at and what yeah. you can work with and just go at it. Everyone. What I like to what, say, John, to yeah. other younger bodies and you're right, man, there's so much income on social media. It's such a distraction, man. What is the motive Bobby of the information you are looking at or digesting from social media. There's a motive. So think about what the motive is before you start taking action on that information, not even taking action. So many people are buying all these packages, buying all these masterminds, buying all these boot camps, buying blah, 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 all that stuff. For what? 
if you don't if you don't have your software, you can't do anything with that information. Just like the old Bobby, man, until you put yourself in check, which takes many, many months, maybe even up to a year until you're ready. So many people say, I'm ready. I'm ready, Bobby. I'm ready. And then they look at the mountain. Oh my God, you didn't tell me it was like this. You weren't, <laughs> you weren't ready, dude. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And back to kind of what you went through and your journey of really holding yourself accountable and being grounded. Um, how do you get back up when you face failure? Maybe you can get into PMA a little bit, kind of where that came about and what it means to you. you. It, it, the sooner people become really lonely, meaning cut out a lot of people in your life right now, awesome people, family members, friends, associations, it's okay. Just for a moment in time, you've got to cut them out. And like I, I said, Bobby, man, you've got to get yourself right. Almost think about this. If you are hooked on uh, a drug, meth, heroin, crack, very evil drugs out there where you're finding people it's hard to get off of. Because I have family members that were hooked on drugs. And if you surround yourself with drugs, you're never going to get off the drug. So you can see a better version of yourself. And so many people get off the drugs and they, go, they relapse because they cut out the association, but they really, it's still close by. They still have one la a leg in the door. What I did was I cut out all my associations and I had to really become real. And it became scary, John, because again, you become so lonely where you only have to face yourself and that's called accountability. Until you get there, the vulnerable state of saying, oh my God, I'm in trouble. I, I, I am a mess. Uh, I can't believe how many non-refundable minutes I have invested, the millions of minutes I have wasted. What was I thinking? I got there and I kept getting there until the point where you have to take action because you become to the point where you're saying, my God, I gotta do something. I have to get up and start rocking and rolling. I have to start attacking. Oh my, and then the urgency happens. And then the momentum builds. And once that momentum builds, man, it will deliver you a Hawaiian wave like it delivered me in my life. Then wow. you never look back. Then you want to impact another body. That's what my whole social media thing is. I can't substitute making $15 million a year by social media. I'm here to give, man. Sharon is caring. I, I'm telling another Bobby. I just want one. I don't care. You know, I'm not looking for followers, man. I'm looking for someone I can touch your life. Just a high five. Just like that lady did to my wife and myself when she went to the abortion clinic, man. I can just see, I can feel your energy, Bobby. I, 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 I love it. it. I believe it because I lived it. No one, I'm not a trust fund baby. No one gave me a loan. No one, no one took a shot on me other than my mother, my mother-in-law. If I freaking did it, anybody could do it. I didn't raise no money. I didn't beg for money. I just became accountable saying, my God, you got yourself in all this jam and you're blaming everyone other than you. And the only way I was able to get there was to be alone by really burning my bridges, man. Wow. You got to get to that lonely spot. When you hit rock bottom, the only way you can go is up. And, and, and even if you didn't hit rock bottom and, right. and you're really, you're stuck and you seem like, man, I know I have the qualities that Bobby talk about, talks about. I have the traits, but I'm still stuck. You got to spend more time with yourself, man. It's called personal growth. And a lot of people are confused about personal growth. They don't understand it. Each of us, John, we're so special that we're all different. 
we digest information different. I digest information differently than you. My wants and needs are different. We can, if you, if you allow yourself to continue to grow every day, you will get there. So many people are stuck because they're not growing. They're not really at a vulnerable state to blame themselves. And I see so many of these young, awesome Bobbies driving these, these cars, wearing these watches, breaking bottles, impressing everybody like Bobby used to. And I'm telling you, man, it took me a while to figure it out. If I, if I had another Bobby just giving me this friggin' reminder, who knows what I'll be worth today? Who knows how much better I will feel about myself? And you talked about the non-refundable minutes, um, but you've lived and breathed it, right? And, you know, we all say, you know, you only have one life, like the quote I have above from Gary Vee. Uh, and, you know, life is precious, life is short. But, you know, when you say non-refundable minutes, you break it down to to T, essentially. And you you shrink the, the, the time proportion of what was a big overarching theme. And you made it matter like every minute matters it's everything dude I, I tell you like what you and i are sharing right now yeah i i'm so picky about my non-refundable minutes because i don't get them back i want to make sure i receive value from you john like i'm getting from you like your audience i need value for my time so many of us are so distracted hearing all this other blah 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 and you're burning your minutes that you don't get them back it, life is a value add like in real estate, man. In real estate, you can make a lot of money with value adds. You buy an apartment complex that's low on rents, then beating up, the landlord has no clue what they're holding. You add value to it, you increase it by, you increase the valuation. Same thing with me. I add value to my life. I improve the asset, the investment myself. I increase in valuation, how I'm thinking, how I'm creating not how I'm begging or trying to impress. Everyone tries to be somebody other than themselves. That's a problem. I did that for many years and I, I freaking burned so many non-refundable minutes, but you know what? I'm grateful for it, for those big mistakes. I am so grateful something happened that I, it hit me. Still to this day, I can't give you a clear answer, but some sort of, something happened that I woke up, man. And it could have been that one day, my wife and my baby daughter came, who knows? Maybe it was something else. Maybe, I don't know, but I'm just, I just know what I know now at 53 years old. I could tell another younger Bobby when, when he was 22, when he was 19. That's amazing. And to, you know, to even elaborate that on that further, like, like how, how, how does one even appreciate the value of time? Because I feel like, again, like with, all the distractions are going on in our life right now when you're kind of balancing the urge of trying to achieve success. And that's like jumping to step nine, but also keeping yourself grounded in the present, but there's also so many distractions and noise going on. So I guess my question to you is for knowing what you know now, what would be the advice you would give the 19 year old Bobby yep. and 20 to navigate through COVID to through all yep. this uncertainty, all this distraction and social media, everything. So I'm begging another Bobby, another Sophie to consider the following. Disconnect from everything. You've got to, you've got to put some time out. You've got to put it to the side, not for a day, not for a week, you got to put it aside 
and find out and put so much pressure on yourself. Again, going back to the accountability, you have to be accountable for your outcomes and actions. A lot of people claim they are, but they actually don't. You got to get to the point where you get such at a low level that it creates action. It creates urgency. It creates, oh my gosh, I have been wasting all my minutes, all my time with so many. You don't realize how much distractions we're exposed mm -hmm. that we invite and allow in our life. My advice, disconnect 99.9% .9 of everyone out of your life right now. If you are dead serious about becoming wealthy, having global success, global success is, is, it's, it's, it's unlimited. It's how you feel, how you impact, how you too can be financially free and give back. That is, that is global success. And I think a lot of people don't want to get there, but it's a social media, man. This is an addiction. This is the most intimate device, intimate thing in our lives now. And we can't get off. I go to dinner. I see people and I'm saying, man, they're killing themselves. And then I talk to young people and, and they're telling me, Bob, you're right, rock and roll. And then you look at them a week later, man, and you're not getting there because you're distracted. Right. Distraction. Right. It, 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 and it's, 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 that is far harder now versus my situation mm -hmm. back then without the internet. So it's a two, it's a hand. It's easy now to have success because of our internet. It is friggin' incredible. Right. But man, you got to really watch it. It can control you or you can control it. Meaning again, are you getting value out of the internet? Mm. Are you receiving results? Mm -hmm. Or are you just giving, giving, giving and not getting? Got it. Got it. And back to, you know, being kind and giving value. I feel like an, another one of the challenges that the younger Bobby or Sophie would have is, oh, like I'm, I, I'm inexperienced. I don't have a lot to offer. How can I add value to people, to society, to network, you know, to build connections. Like what can I give? Right. That that's another I, yeah. question. That I, a lot went, of young I went at a young age. I used to go to chamber of commerce networks, all these old conferences. They're so old that it smells old. <laughs> and that is hard for young people to do. I used to sit in conferences in real estate, having no clue. I was so intimidated. I didn't know anybody. I didn't even know what they were talking, what they were explaining but I had an interest. I put myself in vulnerable states where you're forced to meet people. You're forced to say, good morning. How are you? Oh, what do you do? Oh no, I'm just learning about real estate. Oh, it's great. You know what? Let me recommend a book. You're, you're such a nice young kid here. Here's a book. You, it starts, momentum starts taking place because it's a new environment. We feel uncomfortable, mm. but we, we feel so comfortable with the same old crowd that knows the same old information. I know that's why we're all stuck. I chose to put it on the side and go get new information because the information I have is the problem I'm sitting in. Wow. Wow. So it goes back to burning all your bridges that you were saying. And they're good people, man. I have family right. members and friends. They are beautiful. I love them so much, but man, I'll get you on the rebound right now. I got to take care of me. Right. And a lot of people are trying to take care of others before they, <laughs> when they don't even know how to take care of themselves and they're, and they, they, juggling. they put, they put their, they, because we put our, we put our life in someone else's life and all their drama, all their gossiping, all their complaining. And now we have one big old sauce. Like we're all, all miserable. 
And Bobby, you, you mentioned the importance of, you know, a buck, a mentor. Uh, where do you learn from? Do you still have mentors or books or resources that you go to yourself to grow? And- Absolutely. Well, I, I belong to an organization. There's close to 800 members worldwide, a total global net worth of nearly 90 or $85 billion. Wow. These are, these are individuals. I only exited one company for a billion. I'm now surrounded by individuals men and ladies that have done it multiple times i am at i am i am so addicted of always growing and the only way you grow is dabble with new information that's you're 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 going to stages so the stage i'm at i need a i'm on the 100 year plan meaning that i want my grandchildren's children's children 100 years from now 100 years from now when they ask hey how how that name on the, the building, why is it your last name Castro? I want someone in 100 years from now, my family, me and Sophie, to say that's Papa Mimi. Because my grandkids call me Papa, they call her Mimi. I, that's Papa Mimi. They did this. I, I, we have to set the mark, Sophie and I, because no one in our family, ne- they never did it. They didn't think it was important. I want to make sure, because I truly believe, John, my grandbabies, one's going to be five, one's going to be three, in 30 years from now, I want to make sure they have the last ticket off the island because technology is so great, but it's going to be the self-destruction of a lot of us. Mm-hmm. We are creating something that's more efficient, doesn't have a personality. It shows up all day, every day. I mean, it's nonstop efficiency. You can never beat it. And I want my, if I do my job today and I, I teach the same core values to Priscilla and Brandon, my children and their spouses, we have a fighting chance. Think about how paranoid I am and all the, I don't believe I'm worth I have. I don't have enough. There's more to do in life. I want a legacy. I, I, I'm thinking about generations from now. That, that's, that is scale. Everyone's mm-hmm. thinking about the Mercedes today and with the watch and, oh, my God, see that chick. And, uh, <laughs> that's, I don't get off on that. I get off on legacy. Wow. That's what that's that is. That's why I invest in real estate. Yeah. I don't think real estate's a, 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 a threat to technology. I love I was a renter growing up. I, that's how I got into the apartment business, Sophie and I, because we lived in affordable communities. I lived in uh, Section 8, Rent-A-Center. As I mentioned to my mom, she worked her tail off. I seen that struggle. So I, I knew that they were renting was required. It wasn't an option. And my rents are from $1,200 to $1,600. That's where I choose to live, Sophie and I, in affordability. Right. And... Man, real estate has changed our life. Amongst other things, I'm, we're investing in a lot of different things, but don't get into real estate, guys, from one day to the next. Stack and rack. You can learn about real estate. You should. Even if you're a limited partner and you invest with your friend, you, 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 something, or you invest in one of these funds, I, I find it so baffling that 90%, John, they don't even understand the investment themselves. How do you give up your hard-earned money, even at a, as an LP, just because a guy drives a Rolls Royce, just because he sold his, whatever. The, how do you not understand or know about the investment and, and you're investing? So you can stack, meaning that I have people, Bobby, I have a million dollars I want to invest with you. Oh, I don't take investors because I never did. And I tell them, John, you have a million dollars? These are young people. I said, really? I said, where'd you get the million dollars? Oh, no, my business, man. I said, you know what? Start fueling more of your business. Go get another million. What are you doing? Pay attention to your business. Mm -hmm. I made that mistake many years ago. I had an incredible business that I got off chart. I got into real estate, made major mistakes. 
neglected this business, same business I sold for a billion dollars, by the way. Wow. The only reason I started paying attention to it again, I got myself in trouble in real estate. I had to put out the fires. Where did I get the money from my business? I realized, again, not getting mm. distracted pays mm. off. That same business I sold a billion. So I'm telling everyone, stack, stack. And you rack them into investments when you understand the investment. Mm. That's beautiful. You, 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 your returns will be off the chart. Real estate's not going nowhere. Don't be desperate that you're missing out because you're seeing everyone making money, my friends doing this, blah, 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 blah. I love that. Back to your point. I think the best investment you've made in your life, and maybe you can attest to that, is in yourself. And until you hold yourself accountable and you invest in yourself and your business, everything else will come. But you know, people don't even invest in themselves. They get distracted. And when they invest in themselves and they start a business, even then they get more distracted with investing in other vehicles and no, just stay focused, work your way up. And, and when you're ready, hell, you'll know. I feel so good about myself. Everyone says, Bobby, you have all this energy. You're always positive because I fertilize the best investment in me. I pop out of bed. I create every day. And Think about that, man. That's like a doctor feel good. You don't got to take drugs. You don't, you don't got to pretend. You have results. You have creation. You have legacy. You have core values. You're, 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 you're teaching the same core values to your children, grandchildren. I mean, I keep fertilizing my marriage. We're together for 31 years. I see my dad that couldn't figure it out with several different wives and girlfriends, 15 kids all in all. I somehow looked at those mistakes saying, you know, and, and my dad did tell me, Bobby, he promised me. Don't make, you know, so anyways, man, you hit it on the nail and, and you're the best investment, John. Wow. That's beautiful, Bobby. To hear it from you, you know, for someone that came from nothing and humble beginnings and you still are such a kind, genuine person. Um, Bobby, I do want to, you know, just end things off with saying, you know, thank you again for your time and the opportunity. Uh, PMA all day, every day. And uh, what are you currently working on? I know you took a social media hiatus. I don't, you might have something cooking so, up. So I, you I, I, when, I, when I sold that business for a billion dollars, my awesome son, who's 24 years old, he knew his dad was going 100 miles per hour, loved his business. And from one day to the next, he was going to go down to 10 miles per hour. I, I hired a life coach a few months before I exited a year and a half ago to help me. I, I knew my investment, me. I knew I was going to maybe hit depression, miss my business. What did I do? So I got ahead of it. And Brandon told me, dad, I think, you know, because all his friends and my daughter's friends, they always ask me advice for business and this and that. And I spent a lot of time with my children and I like to hang out with my children. They like to hang out with me and all their friends. So he said, dad, do you mind if I get you on social media? Oh, Brandon, but long story short, he did that. John, it helped me for about nine, 10 months when I was originally on social media because I felt like I was back at my company, giving value, creating a culture, letting them know the reality. And then I got off of it for a few months because I seen opportunity, COVID, that $100 million, $105 million worth of opportunities and, and, and a few other investments I made. We made millions of dollars because of it for the last five months. And if I was distracted in social media, I would never have taken action and, and to the core, got the results from the opportunity. That's what I'm telling everybody. Wow. Social media, you can get value from it like I did. I got value because it helped me get through a process and transition. And But then I seen opportunities. That's how you know the best event. That's when you know your strike points, your, your breaking points, your, your touchdowns. And 
then I decided to come back because my wife wanted to bring it back. And we started, you know, my son asked me to come back. So I came back. I'm here for a moment in time. Who knows how long that'll be. That's yeah. why I'm always urging, delivering my reminders and telling people, man, if you don't move, people like me are moving. We are getting right. rewarded. We are creating. We're making. What is your problem? You're still on social media, dude. What have you done for the last five months? Wow. That's beautiful, Bobby. Wow. Yeah, that's it's you preach what you 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 do what you preach. Because I get results, John. I, I just know it. I am sold on it. I get rewarded by it. Wow. And too many people, even with social media too, people are trying to create on social media, trying to build a business at the same time. It's and they don't get anywhere. And then you start to wonder why. And it's like, wow, that makes so much sense. Like if you really truly believe in what you're doing and go all in, then you gotta eliminate everything else. Thank you for listening to the On The Rise podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The music composition and vocals is done by Graham Best. Your host, of course, is the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Have a wonderful day, and we will, of course, see you next time on our way to the top. Cheers.